Welcome everybody to the seventh episode of the Rocket Science Podcast. Today is March 25th. The trade deadline just ended and here to break down the deals that happened today and over the last couple of weeks uh, is Alan Movadam and Nico Miatello. How are y'all doing today? Pretty good. No complaints. <laughs> Alan, you might as well uh, just co-host this with me at this point. This is the third out of seven episodes. <laughs> You're, on with well, you're always you're always down to to to, to hop on, so that's nice. Um, makes it easy to have a guest, so I appreciate that. No, you can't you can't get rid of me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, today was the trade deadline. A lot of moves. Uh, we saw you know no no nobody crazy got moved. Nikola Vucevic um, going to Chicago. Um, we saw Victor Oladipo go to Miami. We'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Nothing crazy, but we're just going to start from uh, a few weeks ago, the first trade that kind of got the ball rolling, and go through all of them. Give us, give, give our thoughts, and just kind of talk through all of that, and then we'll see at the, at the end of the episode, we'll talk about, you know, what the Rockets are going to do next, because they made a couple of deals over the last few days, uh, whether you like them or you don't. We'll, we'll, we'll hear everybody's thoughts soon, but starting with the first trade on March 13th, the Detroit Pistons received Hamadou Diallo and the Oklahoma City Thunder received Svi Mikhailuk and a 2027 second round pick via Houston. You know, small deal. I like it for both teams. I like Svi a lot. He's a great shooter. You know, coming off the bench behind SGA, that, that could be something, especially moving forward. Or he can be a good piece in a trade later on. You know, OKC has a lot of picks. I could definitely see them, you know, making a big deal if there's a disgruntled star moving on. Um, and Svi is a, is a solid, you know, young player going back in another direction. And then Hamadou Diallo for the Pistons, I'm not crazy about him. Uh, I don't know what y'all think. Well, he's he's just like a Troy Weaver guy. He seems like he was the one who liked all these rangy athletic wings. He goes and gets uh, Jeremy Grant. He goes and gets Hamadou back. Uh, I don't know. He's he's athletic and he's interesting, a decent defender, but he's he's not really going to move the needle, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, this is just weird in terms of OKC. Like, uh, now what's their pick count? It's like 34 picks over the next seven years, if you include second rounders. I mean, that's that's insane. They could turn their roster over three times in that period. I, I, I love what OKC is doing. And the, the mm. next deal is also OKC. Look, I, in, in the first deal, I say they arguably got the better player and the second round pick. The second deal was Trevor Reza, who wasn't playing, for Myers Leonard, who they just bought out, and a second-round pick. So basically, you got a second-round pick for free because you were going to buy out Trevor Reza if you didn't trade him anyway. Um, they're at 34 picks, like you said. They're in an amazing position to just try. And wow. like, in every draft, you have, what, at least two to three picks over the next seven years? Yeah. One of them, they're going to get a first overall pick at some point in the next seven years, whether it be by draft lottery or by trading up like three, four picks for a first pick. Because if they, like this year, they have, they could potentially get the third and the fifth pick if the Rockets. Hey, don't talk about that. That's Potentially that could happen, and they could yeah. use that to trade up for two or trade up for one with a couple other picks. Although I think if you get one this year, you don't trade it. Kate Cunningham is is too good, but uh, yeah, too good to pass up on. 
Yeah, he's the uh, guy for sure. I like Trevor Ariza in Miami. I think he played uh, the other night. Did not have. Yeah, he he's last I checked, he played two games. It might be three now, and he did not great. But you know, he's a decent vet. Can go give you like five to ten minutes in a game if you need him to. And um, especially with what Miami has done today, that we'll get into later. Uh, I I I don't mind it for Miami. Yeah, I think it's a solid move overall. Makes you a little more switchable, a little deeper. And then the next deal, uh, Tory Craig to Phoenix. Sure. That's that's the same deal, I think, all wrapped together, isn't it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's all part of one deal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then uh, the next deal, we're getting into a Rockets deal. The mm-hmm. Bucks received PJ Tucker, uh, Rodion's Crooks, and the 2022 first round pick via Milwaukee for uh, DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, the 2023 first round pick, uh, and Technically, the 2021 Milwaukee first-round pick, uh, they will have to give Milwaukee also their own second-round pick. So I want to clear up one misconception here uh, because a lot of people are saying that this trade was – I think it was a steal, first of all. Like, it was. Uh, for what P.J. Tucker was giving us, for what D.J. Augustine and D.J. Wilson are giving us now, uh, as well as moving up in this year's draft, it's great. Uh, there's a bad misconception right now that we got two first-rounders out of this. Uh, because we technically net maybe like 10 spots in a draft and we moved back another year. Uh, is that 2023 draft better than 2022? Uh, right now, the idea is yes. Um, will it be when we come down to it, when we get there? It might not be. But all like it, we moved up about 10 picks in the draft, which I'm you know perfectly happy with. I love this deal, but we did not get two first rounders out of this like people are saying we did. Oh yeah, that's that's for sure. I don't know who's saying we're getting two first rounders, but you know you're not gonna get two first rounders for PJ Tucker. Um, come on, he still hasn't scored a point for the Bucks. <laughs> he, he, had his, he had his first three last game. He had his first three quarter three with uh, Drew Holiday assisted. I was being hyperbolic. I did not think there was truth to that. No, he has three points in, like, three games. He's been there for a week. He has three three total points. DJ Augustine, man, like, I've wanted him on the Rockets for a while, and, I like, I've seen people say it. I've said it myself. I would have loved him in the Harden era as a backup point guard. (laughs) I would have absolutely loved him. I think he's in Houston about two years later than he should be. Yeah, I don't mind him as an ad. I think at the, he's a good pick-and-roll ball handler at the very least. He's a guy you could maybe look to flip next year. There's not a whole lot guaranteed on that third year. But I also wanted to touch on that uh, moving the pick back a year. I also think you can probably bet on Milwaukee being worse in 23 than they're going to be in 22 just because Drew Holiday is getting a year older Chris Middleton's getting a year older. Brooke Lopez getting a year older. So I think that that has more value than just the draft being a little deeper. Oh, I was just going to say really quickly, like, I mean, it really boils down to, do you think the Bucks win a championship either this year or next year? And if the answer is a no, then I think that pick is, is, is just golden. It's, it's great. You want to move it as far back as you can because they're going to have a fire sale eventually on the, the athletes they have. They can't, they can't sit there and be in the, uh, be above the cap paying tax and not winning rings. Yeah. So 
Do you think they're going to win a ring? I mean, the Nets look good. I, they're my pick. Don't get me wrong, but I still don't even see them getting past the whomever gets out of the West. So. Yeah. Uh, DJ Wilson also coming to Houston. He's been all right. I've liked him. Uh, he's mobile. He can guard. He, he's been very switchable. Uh, he can run up and down the court. I don't mind him. He's 25. I think he's a free agent, right? Yeah, um, he is. And so, you know, if uh, Nico, me and you were talking about it. his cap hold is huge. Yeah, his cap hold's really high. I think it's like 13 or $14 million. So it's going to be really hard to keep him next year as well. But for for a dice roll this year, I like him. And also, there's no reason, like, if he likes it in Houston, you can't turn down that cap hold and make him unrestricted and then negotiate another contract. So I think I think the move has upside for sure. He's a good young player to just get kind of thrown into this deal. Uh, next deal coming up. Well, actually, so just a quick touch on uh, the Nets with a great signing, 10-day contract, Alizé Johnson, uh, his first game, 23 points, 15 rebounds. Um, it, it, you know, if they're going to keep picking up guys like this who are just going to come and ball off, uh, it, it, it's going to get very tough. And especially with the buyout market, you know, they didn't get LaMarcus Aldridge. So uh, even though I don't know how much LaMarcus Aldridge would be helping them, they did get I don't, they, think, I don't think he would. Yeah. Who else is in the buyout market? There, there's a few guys. Maybe Kelly Olenek now. Avery uh, Bradley's been brought up as well. We'll just yeah. talk and we bought out the guy. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, no, I, I doubt it. Tillman is so cheap. He's going to be like, no, you're staying on. <laughs> yeah. Andre Drummond is another uh, one. Andre yes. Drummond. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't think Brooklyn needs him either, though, especially if you're getting like a 6-7 power forward and Alizé Johnson doing stuff like this. Yeah, I think there's rumors that Andre Drummond's going to Boston last time I heard. Wow. I I think that would be interesting. Boston made a few uh, a good move, not a few good moves. Yeah. But the next deal, we're almost at trade deadline day, but a few days ago, um, Mufundu Kabengale, probably butchered that. Uh, Kabengale. Kabengale. Uh, for a 2022 pick swap, basically, uh, that was just the Clippers shedding money. Uh, yeah. No reason to really talk about that much. Um, Sacramento, Detroit, first deal last night. It was at like, you know, I think it was like 12, 15 Eastern. Um, Corey Joseph and two second round picks for Elon Wright. For Detroit, you get some, some second rounders. You get a second round pick this year, even though it's going to be a very late second round pick. Uh, it's the Lakers second round pick this year. So that's going to be like, 55 plus probably well unless yeah you know, Davis, yeah, Anthony Davis and LeBron are out so unless you're betting on them slipping yeah <laughs> that they, I guess it could fall like somewhere around 50 and DeLon Wright for Sacramento decent backup point guard I don't really mind it for either team I get it for Detroit for for Sacramento you you, you get a, a a a better guard than Corey Joseph but mm-hmm. um, I guess. It, it it doesn't move the needle for either team. You know, I think Sacramento wants to make a playoff push. I don't think any of the deals they made today really makes them a playoff push type, like really showed that they're going to have a playoff push. But let's move on. Yeah. The next deal I like a lot. Uh, it was JaVale McGee to the Nuggets for Isaiah Hartenstein in the second round pick. Uh, I think JaVale McGee is going to be great in Denver. It's, it's He's a completely different player than Nikola Jokic. And he can be that defensive center that they've needed uh, for a while. And then Hartenstein, 
will be playing backup five minutes in Cleveland behind Jared Allen. And he can, he can be used very well there too. And so I think, I think it works out very well for Hartenstein. It works out very well for Denver and you're putting JaVale McGee on another title contender, potentially getting his third ring. Uh, if, if Denver is able to push it out this year. Yeah. I like that. I like that move too. Uh, I think Hartenstein, he also has to contend with Larry Nance there, but I think it, Hardstein at the four, Nance at, or sorry, Hardstein at the five, Nance at the four lineups could actually be pretty good. You can space decently with that. The second round pick, the one is protected 31 to 46, so it's pretty much nothing. It's, there's not a whole lot going on there. So I really like this move for both teams. And it, it still stings that whenever I see Hardenstein get shipped for anything and knowing that we cut in for nothing, it, it, it still hurts. Yeah. Uh, we're going to – we'll eventually move into another rocket that got shipped for nothing. Um, so, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I'm – it hurts, man. It really hurts. Unfortunately, the the one that got shipped for nothing today is a much better player than Hartenstein. <laughs> a tad better. Um, moving on, big deal. Uh, this is the biggest one of the day, I would say. Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Ucaminu for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, and two first-rounders, 2021 and 2023, both of them top four protected. Um, at a first glance, I thought the Bulls ran away with this deal. Like, mm-hmm. took it to the moon. Because Vucevic is an incredible center, top five in the league. And I don't think they really gave up much. If you're going to be a playoff team – the 2021 first is a uh, late first 2023. You're still going to have Zach Levine. And I think this ensured that Zach Levine is going to stay in Chicago for at least another contract, at least another three or four years past his deal, especially because they still have room to make other, other moves. And they have really good youth in like Kobe white, uh, Pat Williams. And so I think this kind of was a good move on their part. Um, but then looking back at what the Magic got out of uh, Vucevic, clearing up a ton of cap space with that Otto Porter deal, uh, getting a decent young center in Wendell Carter, which kind of tells me they're giving up on Mo, the Mo Bamba project, and then getting two first-round picks, especially whenever you are you are rebuilding. I, I think now looking back at it, I think both teams kind of got what they wanted out of it. Um what do you guys think? What, is, what are your thoughts on this deal? This is a big one. Well, I think you got to look at everything Chicago does in the day, and it kind of comes together. But at first, I was kind of down on the deal. Um, yeah, me too. But then you kind of look and you kind of squint your eyes, and uh, we can get into it later. But looking at the deal that they had later in the day, you're like, oh, okay, I can kind of see what they're going for and what they're trying to put together. And then the sting of sending out those two picks is not nearly as painful. Like you said, if you think you're going to be a playoff team, maybe not a contender, but a playoff team, those two picks aren't worth that much. And then, you know, you've got money on the way out and you've got uh, a ton of money in players that aren't probably your future. So it's... I think it's a great deal for the Bulls at the end of the day, but when this started off trade deadline, 
I'm like, oh god, this is a bad side of things to come. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm, I kind of think the 2023 pick might have a little bit more upside than you guys. I'm not convinced that a Vucevic, Levine, Patrick Williams, Kobe, Cody White core is going to be a playoff team in 23. Um, especially after giving away the pick this year, you're not really going to get much better besides this. Um, but I think they, this could be a team that could take a round off someone this year for sure. And if that's kind of the direction they, they want to go in, I, I like it, but I, I kind of would have liked to see them go the other way and ship Zach Levine elsewhere. I, I think that, uh, I, I like the idea of keeping Zach Levine in the similar sense that like they're, they're building around a 25 year old with a bunch of 20 year olds the same way the Rockets are building around a 25 year old with a bunch of 20 year olds. And, but like my, my thing with Vucevic is he's 30. Um, and the rest of your team is, is 20 to 25. Is this going to be early Orlando Vucevic type situation where you are a six to eight seed, you know, battling in the first round but not really making it out is he just going to replicate what he did in Orlando and Chicago is that is that what's about to happen because it like I so I I think it's I think it's decent like you said I think it's decent if if they if their goal is to just like be a good playoff team long term it's not great but I also think long term it didn't really hurt them that much uh that 2023 pick might have a lot of value I still think they'd probably be a borderline playoff team. Yeah, yeah, probably bordering on there. I just think it has, like, maybe the 10th pick upside. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'd agree with that. Um, But, like, really, the only thing of value, like, only player of value right now that they gave up was Wendell Carter because Otto Porter was injured for a decent amount of time and then also was in talks to being bought out anyway Mm -hmm. afterwards. So you basically net – Vucevic for Wendell Carter and a couple firsts, it's good for now. Uh, and I like Aminu as a as a defensive like a defensive wing. Um, Aminu's a solid player to have going into the playoffs. But yeah, sure. Orlando followed up that deal with two other deals. The first one being Evan Fournier to Boston for Jeff Teague and two second round picks. Um, I love that deal for Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they needed a wing. I was hoping they'd get Harrison Barnes. Uh, I like the Harrison Barnes contract. I think it works out well with Jason Tatum. And doesn't Harrison sound Brown. like he was actually on the block though. Woj uh, yesterday said that Sacramento is going to keep him out of conversations, yeah. which also made me think that Sacramento is going to be a little bit more buyers this this trade deadline, and they weren't. Which well, uh, they did the Daylon right move, but besides that. Yeah, yeah. But like everything else was just like meh, and mm-hmm. you know it is what it is. But um, I I like this deal a lot for Boston, and then for Orlando, it, I guess that's the best you could get for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I can't really see them getting much more. I don't know where uh, else Fournier really fits. Uh, he's a He's a good player for Boston, I agree. I think that he gives them a little bit more lineup flexibility in the playoffs. I was hoping they'd be able to do a little bit more with that trade exception. Uh, I know they still have some of it kicking around, but I, I, I wish they did more than just get Evan Fournier. Yeah, I mean, even their, their other trade was a bit of a head-scratcher, too, but we'll, we'll mm. get to that one later. 
Um, the next deal, uh, I love this one. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Nuggets. <laughs> Gary Harris and RJ Hampton and a 2025 first round pick. It's protected. It is, I don't know what the protections are. I think it's, I think it's lottery protected. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what do you think? We talk about how much fun the Nuggets are going to be and how they're not going to get that far in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be a lot of fun. I will say this. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, they're going to be the most fun team that's going to get kicked out in the first or second round. I, I'm going to root for them the entire way, but I mean, you've got you've got good pieces, but I still don't see it. Like uh, there was a graphic posted on uh, Twitter a little while ago about team rankings, and it was showing like how Jokic is just top in everything. And after all the deals today, I don't see that needle moving. I think it's going to be your lifeline is still Jokic. And that only takes you so far when you're playing against good teams. I mean, the Lakers, the Suns, all these teams are going to, they're going to, they're going to give Jokic problems. It doesn't mean they're going to stop him, but I just don't see how the Denver Nuggets, if they were in the East, I think they'd be a lot more fun. But in the West, I just don't see it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too uh, jaded. Yeah, I think they, need, they need to get really 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 hot, and they need the Lakers to stay injured or something. I can't I can't really see them getting through. The Lakers, the Clippers, or even the Jazz. I don't know if I see them getting past the Suns either. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it for Orlando. I love R.J. Hampton. I think a backcourt of R.J. Hampton, Cole Anthony, and Markel Fultz would, is just extremely dynamic. And then, they, you know, with Wendell Carter in the front court, uh, Jonathan Isaac coming back from injury, Orlando could have a very – and then potentially a top-five player in this year's draft as well because uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're very clearly tanking now. Uh, got yeah. to with us for that for that 30th spot. And so Orlando could be very fun next year. Uh, kind of similar to Charlotte, how they had all these young guys. LaMelo Ball comes in. All of a sudden, they're number one on league pass. Yeah. Um, if Orlando gets a Cade Cunningham or, like, Jalen Green even, uh, they could be a very, very fun team. Yeah, Jalen Suggs, I think, would be a fun Jaylen fit on that Suggs, team. Yeah. With, with uh Gary Harris now, R.J. Hampton, everything, everyone around there. I really, I agree with you that I really like everything Orlando did today, adding like three first round picks in two seconds. That's that's big time, especially with the way their teams had. They're finally doing it. Uh, I'm I'm curious what's going to happen going forward with uh, Jonathan Isaac now, though that they've made all these moves. You think he's expendable? Is that is that your, uh, your feeling? Well, he doesn't really fit with the timeline, and I think he's a really fun player that, like, he's really injury-prone, but if we could get him somewhere else, if if there's a team willing to put in uh, some big money for that, I think that would be good. He he's, he's he's sort of in the same position as Wood as, like, he, he might be too good for your roster. Um, he, he might win you too many games, especially if he's healthy. I do like the idea of them potentially like flipping him while his value's high because he's great. He's only like 23, um, and he can be a vi- like he's a very one of a kind player, I would say. But the next deal, um, 
Philly getting George Hill and Ignis Brzezakis, uh, Knicks getting Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier, and the Thunder getting Tony Bradley, Austin Rivers, and two second-round picks. Uh, for Philly, I'm very upset they didn't get Kyle Lowry. What the hell is Daryl Moore doing? Um, for Austin Rivers, I feel so bad. His career's <laughs> over. I mean, what I, what's he going to do? What happened? He dropped 40 in the bubble, and now he's, like, out of the league? <laughs> he's <clears throat> He's got no guaranteed money, though, so he he's probably going to be another buyout guy. Uh, I I just I like yeah he he probably will and you know some contender will probably sign him on a minimum just to be yeah honest. that's what I'm thinking. I mean it's 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 just also you look at Austin Rivers and you say oh when did he start to have the major fall off and honestly for me it's 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 when Russ came in and the inconsistency of Russ like playing on a team with Harden was good for him. But then the inconsistency of minutes he was getting and and just what Russ did to that Rockets team just desolated his value. That including um, the, the the goose egg he laid during the playoffs uh, of the, uh, the the bubble playoffs and and then in New York, I mean, did he do anything special? Did did anything seem really great for him? I didn't see anything that I loved. He was he was pushed out of rotation in New York. Yeah, yeah, he was good early in the year, but after the Derrick Rose trade, he basically didn't play. While while we're talking right now, I I, I celebrated for a second because the Pacers just signed O'Shea Brissett, a Syracuse guy, so I'm so so happy he's in the NBA. He was in my psychology class freshman year. Uh, Oh, wow. He's a good player. He just his his shooting's a little bit off, but he he was a second team All G League, so you know, good for him finally breaking in. I just real quick, Syracuse plays Houston um, in in March Madness. I'm a little torn. Um, I just feel bad because like I think like Barstool Cues made like a very insensitive joke about like the the storm in Houston. Because it it was very little ice, but like obviously Houston's not built for that. But Syracuse, we get like three feet of snow, yeah. uh, and so they made like a very insensitive joke, and I was like, ah, man, you guys are you guys are hurting me. Like it's it's, it's tough, but um, I'm very excited for that. I think Buddy Beheim, uh he's 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 everywhere right now. He's everywhere right now. The the, the world loves him. I hope he makes the NBA <laughs> because of this. Uh, but getting back into the trades, um, yeah, for Philly. I, while we're on Philly, let's just talk about this. Why didn't Maury trade for Kyle Lowry? What like the 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 deal on the table with salary matching? Obviously, it probably would have been um, Danny Green, Mike Scott, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybulle, two first rounders. How big is the championship window with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid that you're not going to go all in and get Kyle Lowry right now? Um, I personally don't really think. He- as long as Ben Simmons is on your team, you really have a championship window, um, especially <laughs> with Joel Embiid. So that would be part of my reason for not doing it, just holding out and waiting for a Ben Simmons trade in the summer. Um, so, go ahead. What Daryl Morey said something. He said, if you have a 5% chance of winning the title, you go all in. So does he think... <laughs> Does he not think that the Philadelphia 76ers have a 5% chance? 
like when you he, when you have the MVP, I yeah maybe, but like uh, I I just I don't I don't get it. I don't think George Hill does as much as you need him to. Mm-hmm. That you're going up against a lot of size and you're going up against a lot of talent. And if there's somebody that I want in the playoffs to be guarding Kyrie Irving, uh, I would, you know, Kyle Lowry's probably in the top five of that list. Uh, yeah, you are right on that. I think they have a way better chance if they go in and make a move like that for Kyle Lowry this year. Darren Morey better hope this doesn't come to bite him in the butt. Or hopefully he does something big with those picks in the offseason and goes all in next year. But I've said it before, I think this year is the year to go all in if you're any team because Brooklyn is going to find a way to max out whatever talent they can get on their roster next year, whether it be old vets, ring chasing. Brooklyn is going to come back with even more firepower next year. If you're any team in the East, right now is the time to do it. Darren Morey missed, in my opinion. So I, I, I agree with you and I disagree with you. I think this is the year to go all in, but for a completely different reason. The CBA is going to expire soon, and we don't know what's going to come of that. I mean, you don't know how that's going to reshape, refocus a lot of things, and that might cure a lot of your sins to what you do right now to win a title because there's a lot going to be on the table. I mean, what is it the NBA is looking to sign an even more lucrative TV deal the owners are going to go in with the objections saying, hey, you know, the bubble was expensive. We shouldn't give you guys more money. But the players are going to say, look, we, we deserve hazard pay. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And if I'm a team that has a chance, I don't want to miss out a title because of a freaking partially locked out or fully locked out season. And I think both those are still really on the table right now. Um so I don't know. I, I, I just – it's a head-scratcher for me from Maury from a multitude of perspectives too because when did Maury start valuing defense? Um, they've got the number two defense, and then they go out and get George Hill. Like, what? What, do, what are you afraid of here? Go get some firepower. Go get someone who can really shoot some shots. I mean, I'm not – okay, George Hill, I'm being a little mean here, but – I think Lowry would have been a much, much better player to get. And they can they can survive some of the hits of losing some of these defensive players to get Lowry. I just I don't know. It's not like Lowry's a bad defensive player. Like he's No, 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 no. <laughs> like he he doesn't you don't lose a lot of defense, you add a lot of offense and you add a more cohesive unit to get Lowry. Um Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm saying more what you ship out. Yeah. You're going to ship out more defense than you're going to get from Lowry. Right, right. Well, like, could they not have just thrown a little something together to go get Lou Williams instead? Like, wouldn't that have been way better than getting George Hill? Because I kind of think they need that creator ball handler. Philly would have been a great setting for him, especially coming off the bench. Alan, me and you had talked about Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Because they could like, having that like two guard off the bench who can give you sixteen to eighteen points per game. That's something Philly's missing right now. Um, and so you know, Lou Will would have filled that perfectly. Uh, George Hill, not the scorer. He's not a scorer. Not really good. I like. I I just I I think it's like uh, I I saw it earlier. It was uh, lipstick on a pig. Like that, <laughs> that's what this deal. Was. That's that's what this deal was. Uh, I mean- 
Do you think Gerald Green is still, you know, working with his dog in his in his front yard? Can can Daryl Morey give him a holler? Because even Gerald Green, the offense he was given Houston before, you know, all this madness, uh, I I haven't it's seen him true. in a Rockets uniform. Just being, yeah, that's true. I I don't understand why the Rockets haven't brought him back, especially if we're just being yeah, I mean, not yeah. If we're if we're gonna be bad, like why not just bring him in as a fifteenth man and. He's a, he'd be a great locker room guy. He loves the franchise to death. He'd sign on a minimum. He doesn't care if we're losing. He just wants to wear the jersey. Yeah, uh, why? Start him. Screw yeah, him. start him. Play him. <laughs> he cares. He cares. Start him. Play him. Uh, let, let him shoot like 10 threes. It's Gerald Green. Like, if we're going to be yeah. bad, I'd rather have him, him be doing the, the damage for us. The next yeah. deal, Miami and Sacramento. Uh, Bielitsa for Mo, uh, Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. I don't really care about the deal for Sacramento. Um, Bielica or Bielisa was going to get cut probably or bought out. Uh, Miami gets a good backup power forward, uh, especially after losing a Linux. They replace his shooting. I think it's, I think it's fine. You know, I, I'm, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing bad. I think they just, it's basically just a replacement for a Linux. Uh, a decent deal. Yeah. I used to like Chris Silva and I, Thought he would be one of those guys who came out of the heat system, but he seemed to fall off the last couple of years. The next deal, and this one, it hurt so much when I saw the the woke, uh, the woke <laughs> notification. Uh, anybody who knows me at this point, or like Nico, Nico's in uh, my fantasy league. I traded for this guy at a very high price. <laughs> Um, on Twitter, he is probably, it is known he is probably one of my favorite players. Um, back when there was the Houston or the Harden to Portland rumors, I had to argue constantly about the fact that I thought he was better than Tyler Hero. I still think he's better than Tyler Hero. Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell. Um, I want to, I, 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 I would like to go first for this one. And <laughs> first of all, uh, I already own a Raptors hoodie. So this, this, this is, this is easy for me. Uh, I will, I will probably buy a Gary Trent Jersey. Uh, Toronto has a lot of Iranians. Uh, I, I, I will take that city as my second home. I'm now a part-time Raptors fan. I cannot change the, uh, the podcast name to Raptor Science. It doesn't have a good ring. Um, but part time, I'm a Raptors fan. Still full time, a, a, a Rockets fan, but, um, flirting with another job on the side right now. Uh, for Portland, I love the deal. Gary Trent Jr. was gonna be a free agent. He was gonna ask for probably around 20 million a year is what I would guess. Do you want to lock up 80 million in Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum and Gary Trent? Probably not. Are you more willing to lock up 80 million in CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and Norman Powell? I would say probably. Um, age wise, he's more in the same line. He's 27. Uh, he can play the three. At the moment, he makes you a better team than Gary Trent does. Uh, for Toronto, I think it's a great deal. Also, just kind of backtracking, they didn't lose anything out of Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood didn't do anything for them this year. Um, he wasn't, a, he wasn't that great. That contract doesn't look great. Uh, he was basically just thrown in for filler, um, to get the salaries to work. I He's love, a rumored bio guy too. 
and if he's bought out, um, I could definitely see him going to Brooklyn. Uh, and I could definitely see him being amazing in Brooklyn because he's he, he, a great shooter, great defensive wing as well, or whatever he wants to be at least. But for Toronto, Gary Trent Jr., I absolutely love it. Um, he's the same age as OG Ananobi, about a year younger. That young core is going to be great. Pascal Siakam, only a few years older. Um, Chris Boucher is, I believe he's like 25. And so I think they got a great shooting guard for the next four to five years. Um, I can see Gary bumping up to a 20 point per game guy in Toronto and that Toronto system has done amazing things with guards. I mean, look at what they did with Fred Van Vliet. Look at what Terrence Davis did last year. Look at what Matt Thomas did last year. Um, and these guys were, you know, undrafted. Imagine what they could do with a guy who was a Norman Powell. Norman Powell too. Yeah. And so like with Gary Trent Jr., he was, you know, early second round pick, but he has played above that since he's come into the league. I, I love, I love the deal for them. I, I absolutely love the deal for them. Um, they didn't, they didn't get to move Kyle Lowry, but I think having Kyle Lowry next to Gary, Gary Trent is, he's, he's a great point guard because he's not going to be shooting a lot of shots for you. He's not going to be commanding the ball as much. And this really gives Toronto an option to test him out. See if you want to pay him in the off season. Uh, do you want to pay him? Because if he, if he comes in and he, he's always been inconsistent because his role's inconsistent. He comes in as the sixth man. He comes in as the eighth man, or he starts sometimes. His role's very inconsistent. In a consistent role, can Gary Trent give you 20 to 22 points per game or even 18 points per game right now? If he does that and he does it decently, we sign him and we bring him in and we pair him with OG over the next few years. If he doesn't, he's a restricted free agent and we see what he gets on the market. Um, I think it's a great deal for Toronto. I think it's a great deal for Portland, too. Can we talk about the uncomfortable conversation Portland is eventually going to have to have, and that is saying goodbye to either Dame or CJ? It would have to be CJ before. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where my heart goes, too. But I I really think Portland, if they get bounced in the first round again this year, I I just – and it's going to happen. I just don't see them getting out of the first round. I don't see who they match up with that they can beat in the West right now. If they get bounced in the first round, I think you have to start having those uncomfortable conversations of, are we, are we, are we right at our stars? Are we right at our guard? Are we, uh, or at our coach? Are, is everything okay? And I get it. It's a crowded house in the West, but. How, I mean, how much more time do you have in Damian Lillard's prime? And how much more time do you have in CJ's prime to get anything back on that return? Because you don't want to be stuck sitting there saying, well, he's either too expensive for teams to put something out or he's not worth the time. I, I don't know. I, ugh, I'm not high on Portland. I I get that, but I think the urgency might be removed a little because they don't really have an owner right now since Paul Allen's passing. Yeah. They don't really have that guy at the top who's going to tell them they need to get it done. I have to say, Toronto's also my second team as a Canadian, so I love this trade for Toronto as well. Um, they're going to be in the lottery this year, probably. So they, they could jump up and add 
to this core of Siakam, now Trent, OG, and Van Vliet, they could add another player. Like, they're in a great situation going forward. I kind of think the the Spurs North thing was talked about for a while over here, and I I kind of think it's becoming true. I yeah I agree and kind of going back to uh, Alan your point on your your point on Portland um there's like two, about two routes I can see Portland going one of them is you stick it out with CJ and Dame for their career um, if nothing comes out of it nothing comes out of it like Dame has been very adamant on like I'm staying in Portland but the second route of you trade CJ I think if you trade CJ and you try and make an upgrade and it doesn't work out, there's a good chance you lose Damian Lillard as well. Uh, That's because that's his guy. You don't separate that. And once you separate that, you you gain the chance of losing both of them. Um, And so I could definitely see, like, I think it comes down to Dame. Uh, What do you want? Do you, are you cool with not winning a ring? Because, Portland as a franchise, not winning a ring for another five to ten years might be fine for them because that that's not really in the books right now. What Norman Powell does here is he, he fills a hole for your roster now. Um, they get a decent 3 and D wing. Um, I, I, I feel like they got could have gotten more. And I'll bring it up whenever... <laughs> We talk about the Oladipo trade, but if this was a package for Norman Powell, who is one year younger than Victor Oladipo and not nearly the player Victor Oladipo is and can be, how did we not talk to Portland? I would Especially for what Oladipo can give Portland. I mean, they need someone like Oladipo. He would be great. I just, it's not even like, oh, okay, they're getting a better player. They're getting a better fit, too. Yeah. Some of these deals are smaller, so I'm going to package them through. We'll talk a a little, not much about them. But Matt Thomas to Utah. Uh, Utah gets another shooter. Not much to talk about there. Uh, Good for Utah. And Sacramento got Terrence Davis. Toronto got two additional first or second round picks in this draft, Memphis and Golden State. So those are going to be like mid second rounders. Next deal. I love this deal for the Clippers. Uh, Rajon Rondo for Lou Will and two for two second round picks. They're going to be hell to play against for any point guard because you start the game with, let's say Pat Bev on you, maybe Rondo. I'm, I'm guessing they brought in Rondo. For now, it's going to be Pat Bev. So let's just say you start the game with Pat Bev on you, and then Pat Bev subs out, and you have to, and then Rajon Rondo comes in and guards you. That's going to be that's that's hell uh, for 48 minutes if you're any guard on an opposing team. And then on top of that, let's say you run a four-man lineup with Pat Bev, Rondo, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Imagine right. trying to get people to switch on that defense and you, you you have Rondo on you all of a sudden you have Pat Bev on you because you just switch okay now you want to switch again here's Paul George you want to switch again here's Kawhi Leonard you want to take it to the rim there's Sergi Baca so it's their defense gets a lot better here Lou Will didn't do much for them in the playoffs and like we said earlier like I like Lou Will are they gonna miss him that much I don't think so 
Uh, I think Rondo brings more to the table for them than Lou Will does. I like this deal a lot for LA. Um, I think this kid, it doesn't, it doesn't put them over the top in the West. I think it moves the needle. I don't know if it makes them number one though. I'm not sure I'm as big of a Rondo believer as you are. His defense can be really good in the playoffs. We've seen it before, but it's it's really streaky, and you've always got to rely on him turning it on. He hasn't been great thus far this year in Atlanta. I actually really like this trade for the Hawks. I think Lou Will can come in and play that backup point guard role and kind of recreate that uh, chemistry he had with Harrell with John Collins coming off the bench. I think that's going to turn into one of the best second units in the league. And they also got the future second round picks. Uh, Rondo, I, I think this move does move the, make the Clippers better. I'm, I'm just not sure it makes them as much better as you seem to. And you and I talked about this, uh, earlier. Like the Clippers are a team that are silent and they they're kind of getting lost in the pack and where last year they really seemed like front runners this year it's it's really like okay you've got Paul George you've got Kawhi Leonard you guys have had time together and they've got the number two offense right now but what else do they have or do you really respect them in the playoffs I I think if I'm a team in the West and, I, and I'm in the bottom four, I almost want them. I almost want them round one um, because I don't want the Lakers. I never want the Lakers. I don't want the, the, the Suns. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, tell me I'm wrong here. Tell me, tell me the Clippers are a good team that you don't want to go against. I, I, I want someone to say that to me. <laughs> I I will say I would rather play them in round one than round two. I feel like their play steps up a little bit whenever, or as a team, the Clippers, they step up a little bit as things get more intense. Um, and so in round one, I think they can come in very lax, especially with, what was it like? I'll, t- I'll touch on that in a second, but I think they, I think they might come in very lax. If you are a decent team that's in that six to eight range, you have a good chance of striking at them in round one. I don't know if you have as good of a chance of doing that in round two. Because if the yeah. playoffs started today, you got the Jazz taking on the Plans, you got the Suns taking on the Mavs, you got the Blazers taking on the Clippers. Um, okay, and the Lakers and Nuggets. Oh my God, the Lakers are gonna—they're gonna have a weird path to the Western Conference Finals if they make it that far. <laughs> Yeah, they could fall into the play-in realistically if they if LeBron and AD stay hurt that long. It's not a <laughs> Utah, Utah didn't make any big moves. They got Matt Thomas, but I still think they're at a bit of an advantage because of the fact that like the Lakers and Clippers completely underestimate them mm-hmm. um, and like openly underestimate them. Like if you're gonna underestimate them in the playoffs, they're gonna punch you in the face round one or like game one. Um, and so they, they could be dangerous against those bigger teams. Moving on to a deal for Dallas, JJ Reddick, Nicolo Melli for James Johnson, Wesley Wondu and a second round pick. Love it for Dallas. Uh, they had to do something. They had to do something. They did something. Does it help them? Uh, you replace Seth Curry shooting that you lost with JJ Reddick. Nicolo Melli has had moments. 
He's um, a shooter too. And he's a shooter as well. Yeah. Uh, you didn't give up much. Mm-hmm. You gave, you you gave like, up oh. nothing. Yeah, you basically got him, got both of them for free. And so you made a move. Uh, you kind of showed your fan base, showed Doncic, we're, we're, we're trying to fix things right now. But again, like I said earlier, this just kind of seems like lipstick on a pig. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it seems like a borderline, uh, like deal, but. Like, yeah, I think, I think they're going to have to trade pre stops because I don't see any other way of them getting better. But he still has that domestic uh, disturbance charge, I thought, against him. That's still looming over his head, right? Who? Uh, Kristaps. Kristaps? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I We haven't heard about that one in a while. Oh, while because we're on I... the topic of d- domestic disturbance things, did you guys see that uh, Crooks got arrested? Oh, oh no. Again? <laughs> yeah, like, for it was for, like, uh, like, battery or something like recently oh like right after getting traded so you know i guess we we got rid of him uh perfect perfect timing yeah you're not kidding that guy is a problem that what what's a problem with houston and these assailants lately deshaun watson (laughs) oh Oh, i don't even want to get into that that (laughs) i like that i i i can't believe him that yeah. is horrible. It's like 16 cases now. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, and there's more and more coming. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Cancel uh, this guy. You know, for Dallas, J.J. Redick is a decent backcourt mate with, with uh, Luka, and he didn't make the playoffs last year. His playoff streak ended, but I, I think that it, it'll continue. It, it'll come back this year. I think this mm-hmm. kind of pushes Dallas over the top to at least making the playoffs. I don't think they'll do any damage, though, and – I, I agree. They might need to trade Porzingis soon. Uh, but apparently, like, it, it, his agents are impossible to deal with. His agents are, like, his brothers, I think. Yeah. Oh, um, and and so, like, there was a problem with him in the Knicks front office. Now there's a problem with them and the Dallas front office. So he might just be a, a toxic commodity. Uh, getting towards the, the, the end of the deals here. Uh, Brad Wanamaker to Charlotte. I don't really care about that. I'm going to skip over the next one. <laughs> I want that one to be the last one. Uh, Marquise Chris to San Antonio. Meh. San, uh, yeah. Like it's, Meh. It's, Brad Wanamaker deserves to be talked about more than Marquise Chris. So. <laughs> exactly. Move yeah. forward. What, what, is, what is San Antonio's plan this year? Is it to be in the playoffs? Or do they just not care? Like it's like whatever happens, happens. I think that's kind of the position that San Antonio's in. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I think it's Pops last year, and so they're just kind of like, we'll see what happens. It we seemed like they were going to be in that J.J. Redick trade for a while when Shams first reported it. He's had uh, – Ray Lyles was – Yeah, going to, going to Dallas, and then it must have fell apart or something. Uh, and then the second to last deal, uh, I love this one for Chicago – I don't love this one for Boston. I don't really care much for Washington, but it's Daniel Tice, Javante Green, and Troy Brown Jr. and Cash, uh, Chicago. The Cash is important. Uh, Cash to Chicago. Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson to the Wizards, uh, Mo Wagner, and Luke Cornett to Boston. For Boston, this feels like a backwards move um, if you want to compete. Daniel Tice is a fan favorite. Uh, he was a very serviceable player. He still kind of is. 
Um, it's weird to me that they got rid of Tice and not Tristan Thompson, who's having a horrible year. Uh, and then getting another center, two centers, when you really should be opening up minutes for Rob Williams. Uh, I I think they're going to probably waive Cornette. I, they might keep Wagner around, but also, like, this move seemed to have something to do with the rumor of them getting Drummond in the bio market. That would make sense if that's the case. But yeah. for, for the Bulls, Heiss, love it, backup center. Uh, great, for them. great for them, especially, you know, having Tice come in after Vucevic, uh, he can spread the floor still, but he's a great defensive big. Uh, I like that a lot. I love the acquisition of Troy Brown, especially if they let him work as a guard uh, mm-hmm. and work with the ball in his hands. He was great in Washington when they let him with the ball in his hands. Uh, now this year with Russ and Bradley Beal there commanding the ball a lot, they don't let him really work with it. I think the fact that the Bulls don't have that, like, secondary ball handler, kind of Kobe White, but you don't want to rely on Kobe White a lot right now, especially if you want to be a playoff team. I like the idea of having Troy Brown Jr. kind of work the ball as a secondary ball handler whenever you're not having the ball in Zach Levine's hands. And Javante Green is decent. He's had decent moments in Boston. I'm not crazy about him. For Washington – Daniel Gafford, the, the only thing that I under, I, I can kind of say with this deal is you have a lob threat now. Which yeah. Is, you have a lob threat now. But you did not fix the fact that you have absolutely no shooting. Um, <laughs> and so, I like, I feel like Washington should have been bigger players than they were. What do you guys think about this deal? Uh, Washington's really bad, I think, <laughs> that I, I don't think they have much hope of getting better this year. Um I think the only thing I, I think they should do is trade Bradley Beal and get some assets in. So um, getting Gafford and Hutchinson for what is it, Troy Brown and Wagner, I guess that's that's okay. But it, it's just, like you said, lipstick on a pig. Yeah. I, I really I'm, – I'm really shocked that Bradley Beal is still a wizard. Um because they just run the risk of him getting injured, lowering his value. It's just, it's such a nonsensical season for them. I don't understand what they're holding on to. I don't understand what they're doing. Um, they got rid of John Wall, and it sucks to then follow it up and get rid of Bradley Beal. But I just, I don't know what you do if you're the Wizards because. They have fundamental issues. Now, for Chicago, I love this deal. It, it see, it, I see how this team comes together. They're going to be fun. And in the East, I mean, they, they really, they, they have a chance. They have a chance at that play-in game. They have a chance to, I mean, they can get in the top four. Um, they won't get in the top three, but they can get in the top four. They're yeah, only, maybe. what, two, three games in the loss column behind. Mm-hmm. That, that anything's possible. Now to finish it up. The last, arguably <laughs> worst, <laughs> deal of the night. Um, the Houston Rockets traded Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and rights to swap the 2022 first round pick. So let, and Nico, this is a good episode for you to come on because you wanted yeah. to defend the, uh, the Harden trade. Yeah. Yeah, because in general, does your does your stance on the Harden trade change at all with what we're talking about, Victor Oladipo? It it, it does a bit. Um, 
Uh, the thing I don't understand the most is like, if this is all you were going to get, why not just hold him and try for a sign and trade? Because like the 2022 swap rights are realist right now. They're looking like we might jump up. I don't know, five picks, something like that. Um, but I, I enjoyed the Harden trade overall. I thought it was the right way to go versus the, the Simmons package or a Tyler Hero package or whatever else, because we needed to bottom out as hard as we could this year to move up that pick. But now if Avery Bat Bradley and Kelly Olenek play any minutes for us, we might even be better than we were with Oladipo. So clearly the Levert, the Levert, getting Levert instead of Oladipo would have been the better move. But I just, I wish we could have moved that quickly. It's, it sucks for sure. It definitely makes the trade look a little worse. I still, I still could think I, I like it better than the other rumored packages that were out there, but yeah, I, it's not great. Alan, what are your thoughts? I hate being this Rockets fan, but I really want to give Stone a shot at free agency. See yeah. it, why he coveted getting salary off the books so badly. Um, because it, that's the only reason I can think why he did not want, you know, any of the players he could have gotten that would have been a longer-term commitment um, is he has something in store. But I just – I can't see it. Like, I don't see Kawhi Leonard coming. I don't see, no. you know – I don't see a good player coming to this situation, especially with John Wall still on the roster. I mean, we saw cracks last night of Wall and Wood not working well together because they're evidently not on the same page. And it's not its not rust. It is both of them think they are the top guy for this team. And I hate to tell John Wall this. You're not the top guy of any team anymore, buddy. Uh, you got to accept the fact that Christian Wood is just better than you are. And either age gracefully or get out of the way. And it just feels mean to say but I, I don't know how else to say it to him. Yeah. My my thoughts on this deal and I guess the Harden deal as a whole. So first of all, with the deals that happened today, I, I mean, like OKC got a better return for George Hill than we did for Victor Oladipo. They at least, at the very least, got Tony Bradley, who is a decent player who is young that they can test out. I, I'm not happy with this deal at all. Um, because to me, you, you did nothing. Did you move up a little bit in the draft? Sure. If Miami gets Kawhi Leonard in the off season and somehow brings back Victor Oladipo, or if they bring back Victor Oladipo and Victor Oladipo comes back to all-star form, cause it's year two of being back from injury. Normally year two is the better year, or it's, it would be the second full year, uh, I guess, of him being out of injury. Miami might not be that much worse than Brooklyn. They might be the uh, still a top four seed in the East, the top five seed in the East. Oh, I hope not. I hope not as well. <laughs> gave them Victor Oladipo. You gave them a better, a, a good player, um, who you know maybe he's not playing well right now, but we've also seen a lot in the last few like years, especially we saw it with Harden earlier this year. If you are somewhere, if a player somewhere where he doesn't want to be, he's not giving you everything in the tank. It's very. It was very clear Oladipo didn't want to be in Houston. I don't think that, especially, you know, he was giving us, what, like 25 points per game the last 10 nights? Was he giving us everything in the tank, though? I don't know. Um, and so 
we got Avery Bradley, who is nothing to this team. We got Kelly Olynyk, who is like I I like Avery Bradley as a player. Why get him? I don't. Understand. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I understand Kelly Olynyk had to be part of the deal for salary matching purposes. Sure, Wh- whatever. I'm I'm fine with Olynyk. Have him play a year here and leave. Uh, whatever. How did you not get a single substantial asset in this trade? That is my problem. No Keziogpala, no Precious Achua. And then it, how how hard were you shopping him? Is also is also the thing. And the the, the issue with uh, well, like obviously, like I I said whenever the, whenever the first, the deal first happened. I just said yeah. Victor Oladipo to Miami. Great. I was happy. When I found out the terms, was this deal even worth making? No. Because, one, you almost are more willing to buy him out because you really didn't make much. Like All this is you moved up a few draft picks instead of buying him out. If you were to keep him, Miami has max cap space next year. They don't even need a sign-and-trade with us. They don't even need to talk to us whenever it comes to free agency. They could just go and sign Victor Oladipo and say, sorry, Houston, you get nothing. And if that's if that's how, like, Oladipo wants to go back, because obviously the player, like, there's been cases, what was it, uh, whenever Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn, like, they made sure D'Lo went back to the Warriors, and they, they made that a sign-and-trade deal. Uh, like, sometimes players will give goodwill. Is Victor Oladipo in the position where he wants to give goodwill to Houston? I don't think he cares. And so, like... I understand you had to make a deal. I don't understand why you waited so long. Like, I, there's obviously other dominoes that have to fall, but if you're gonna if you're gonna lose a player, you need to get something out of it. And that's my point on the Gary Trent Jr. deal. Of did you even have the conversation for that deal? Because whenever I looked at the deal, I said if you throw in Derek Jones Jr. to match salary, and then Houston throws in like Daniel House. Or I would throw in uh, Daniel House or Ben McElmore. Or yeah, McElmore, I think, would be a good fit there. Yeah, and so if you throw in one of those players and have them throw in Derrick Jones Jr., who's on a four-year deal who they might not want, even though it's a decent – it's like six years, six million dollars a year, that could have got I – th- I think you were very close to getting a deal done there. And especially if you're going to get a young asset, potentially two young assets, I'd be willing to give up some second round picks to make that happen rather than moving up just 10 picks in a draft and, you know, hoping. And, wh- and that's another thing with, with the, with the hardened trade, you are gambling. You are gambling like crazy. There is nothing to say that the player we pick with this draft pick is going to be better than the one that Miami picks with the draft pick that we flip. And the same thing with the Brooklyn deals, it, it, it comes down to your scouting and how much do you trust them? The Rockets did not change their front office at all this year outside of coaching. They went in-house and got Rafael Stone. So the front office didn't change much. The scouting didn't change much. How good are we in draft scouting? We've missed a lot. We've hit a few times, but we've missed a decent amount. How much do we trust our front office with picks? So you're gambling on picks, and you're gambling on a pick this year that has a 50% chance of not conveying. So that that pick is very make or break. I agree – you know, first offseason, he's a rookie GM. I'm not saying fired Rafael Stone at all. I am saying for your first trade deadline, you did a horrible job. 
That's one hundred percent fair. Especially, especially fair. when your team is all out sellers. If you want to be a respectable GM in the league and not get toyed with, because it looks like you got toyed with in this deal. Yeah, for sure. I think in this trade deadline, he had to be extremely active. You need to be calling teams about seven different guys on your roster. Like you need to be active, active. And it, we weren't or things fell apart, but we're seeing how many teams made these little micro deals. How did we not make a single micro deal? How did we not ship out Ben McElmore for something? How did we not ship out Daniel House for something? The amount of playoff teams that would love a $3 million contract for a guy who can give you 10 to 12 points off the bench in Daniel House, how, how is that not something that happened in this offseason. Yeah, would Utah not have wanted Ben McLemore more than Matt Thomas? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, there, there's there's little things that this team could have done to have a much better trade deadline. We didn't do that. I think a lot of people were overselling Stone on a few good deals and chips falling in the right place. Deshaun Tate was – sure, was that, was that Stone? Maybe. But I think that was more of hiring Will Weaver. And Will Weaver, the contingency was you're bringing Deshaun Tate as well. Because this kid can ball. And Will Weaver knew that. And, and you said it yourself, and I said it before on your podcast last time I was on. I said, dissecting who Maury was and who, who Stone is, is very hard looking at signings. Christian Wood, I don't believe, was just a Rafael signing. A Rafael signing. Christian Wood was, that was target for months beforehand. Daryl Morey had had Christian Wood on his roster at one point in time. I mean, you're telling me he's not keeping tabs? No. People will give credit for Sterling Brown, but that has been on the record that that was Steven Silas talking to an assistant coach with the the Bucks. That was Steven Silas being brought in. Steven Silas, was that a Rafael Stone hire? It's hard to tell. I mean, I don't – I – I, I, I'm saying this much, like, you can't, like, a lot of Rockets fans want to say, Rafael Stone has had his fingerprints in every great deal Daryl Morey has done, but now they want to give him credit and not give Morey credit and say, it's just, I think the only thing we can be certain is a Rafael Stone deal is trading James Harden. And the only thing I can really hammer him for is this Harden deal is a mess right now. Maybe it materializes something, but I, I mean, they waited on trading PJ and they got, they got a good return for him, but it also slowed things down. And I think the biggest issue, and I said this on Twitter and I'll say this, for the rest of the season, when you lose 20 games in a row, people don't want your stuff. Yeah. It's going to hurt your return. And, you know, when Oladipo played, he was playing on a crappy, he was playing with, you know, a team with no synergy, so it made him look bad. It drove his value down. And it's really sad because what did we get? We got nothing because he had one suitor. That's if, it. If the return – for James Harden comes out and these Brooklyn Nets picks are number one picks or top five picks, then you can say, okay, it was a good deal. More likely than not though, and this is just personally how I feel things are going to happen in Brooklyn. This is not how I hope things are going to happen in Brooklyn. I'm imagining they win a ring in the next few years, probably with, with, yeah. with Kyrie Harden, Katie, that team, God that team is going to win a ring. <laughs> They'd be my favorite this year to win. 
when that yeah. big three phases out, and yeah, they're probably my favorite to win as well. But when I, when that big three phases out, you will still have Steve Nash, a championship head coach. You will still have a championship front office. You might not have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, or James Harden, but you will be attracted to the next generation of stars. Brooklyn will very likely become a very good free agency destination. And so are we really that certain Brooklyn's going to be bad in 25, 2025 to 2027? Maybe not. Maybe they're bad for a year. Whenever everyone leaves, you rebuild a little bit, get a decent draft pick for a year. Um, or you can't, but, um, <laughs> but like, you know, re- rebuild a little bit, but like, are we really going to bank on them being that bad? It's tough. I almost would say I'd rather take the sure thing and Ben Simmons flip him later down the line if he doesn't want to be here. Um, and also he's like 24. So test him out and just like see what can happen. He still has a lot to improve on and he still has a lot of talent. I, I think that might have been a miss. You're, you're just you're gambling here. You're gambling and it's it's very tough. I want to get into two questions, and then we can wrap this up. There's two questions I've been getting from Twitter. Uh, the first one, and Nico, you touched on it a little bit. Going back to the Harden deal, if you would have could have kept Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, would you do it and why? Um, Jared Allen, I don't think I would want to keep personally um, because we got that Milwaukee pick in from Jared Allen that we then flipped. And I think that has a chance to be a decent asset. I I think I'd probably keep Karis LeVert now in retrospect over Victor Oladipo. Uh, it's hard for me to say because my answer will 100% change based on the results of the lottery. I think you have to factor that into the Harden trade as well. That was a big part of wanting to move off uh, move off everyone and not get anything back. I also think part of the team being so bad lately was the Christian Wood injury happening when it happened. So if Christian Wood doesn't go down, who knows, maybe Victor Oladipo's trade value ends up being higher around this time. So I, I think you, you're right to kill Stone for this trade deadline because it was awful. But over, overall, I, I'm still... I'm standing for my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm not saying fire him. I agree with you right there. I'm I'm not saying fire him. I just look at it and say a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And we got a lot of birds and bushes right now. Um, You know, you look at it and you say Cleveland to get Kevin Love sent out two number one picks. They degraded. They weren't true number ones, but to get Kevin Love, they 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 sent out Wiggins and they sent out um, Bennett. I mean, if those Brooklyn picks confer as number one picks, even like that's the best scenario. Are you telling me we're going to do better than a Kevin Love? I mean, we can't build around that. Now, if we had someone in hand, if we had you know, if we had talent, yeah, sure. But I. Look, I love Kevin Porter Jr., and I keep, but I will always temper it with he's 20 years old. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad, he's 20 years old. So I'd rather have talent in hand, and I hope Stone proves to, be, proves to me that I'm I'm an idiot, and I don't know what I'm talking about. My, my thing with it is uh, I, I agree on the Jared Allen front to a fault. I mean, I think he's asking for five 
year 100, which is close to what Clint Capella got, I think that's fair money. So it's just about whether or not you want to pay him that. Um, if you don't want to pay oh, him thank that. thank you. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't want to pay him that, I understand. Um, I think there's definitely going to be teams that are willing to pay him. If you want to play Christian Wood at the five, uh, or you just want a more dynamic center, then I completely get it. But with Karis LeVert, there's a few issues there. One, he's defensively, he's not great. Uh, and he's very inefficient. Uh, and then uh, pre-cancer, he already had a lot of health issues. Yeah, for um, sure. He couldn't finish seasons, and you're tying money into him long-term. I was more – and especially with what the team wanted to do at the time, which was still compete. Uh, Oladipo was a Silas decision. Um, Silas wanted Oladipo. I still think you go for that deal, but I think you trade him earlier than you did in the deadline. Yeah. Uh, you try and get more out of it. I said it from the beginning. I said it when the Harden trade happened. I was surprised there weren't more deals that came. That was your opportunity to rebuild. That was your opportunity to blow it up. Um, and so what's next for the Rockets? Like, out of Harden, you've got nothing substantial, like you said, Alan. Like, sure, let's, let's include Kevin Porter Jr. in that deal. Let's just say he was part of that deal, right? So you traded Harden for Kevin Porter Jr., who is a 20-year-old who might pan out, but has a lot of ifs. And picks that also have a lot of ifs. Every player and every pick you got is a gamble. You didn't get a single sure thing out of a sure thing in James Harden. And yeah. so, like, I, I think that there, there could have been better deals out there. That there should have been better things out there. Do I think they should have got Karis Levert? I don't think so. I, even though he's in the same age as Wood, I don't want to be paying him. 18 million dollars a year yeah i that's actually kind of what I came down to. especially if he's not gonna gonna play a lot so it comes down to like what 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 do you guys think the rockets do next like what 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 is the plan for the rest of the season it looks a lot like it's just bottom out bottom. yeah that's that's what i hope they do I lose every game was okay with me the 20 game losing streak could have went the rest of the way i wouldn't have minded <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I would have preferred if they not compete, but if they showed a little more fight and then after trade deadline, just fall off a cliff, like after trade deadline, losing 20 games in a row. I'm fine with that. I think. um, And right now that's all they can do is you got to make sure you have 52% chance of getting that number one pick or sorry, getting a top three pick and keeping your draft pick. Yeah, it's it's really hard because if they miss out and they they're picking in the teens or the twenties, it's just gonna suck. And I I don't know. I'm I'm trying to stay optimistic. I'm trying to say there's a reason Rafael Stone sent James Harden to the team he wanted to go to. There's a reason Rafael Stone sent uh, PJ Tucker to the team he wanted to go. There's a reason Rafael Stone is liquidating cash for this off season to show that we are a loyal organization committed to a, um, uh, 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 oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a character change, you know, and if that's the case, great, but I'm really, I'm, 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 I need faith beads to hold on to because I'm losing the faith guys. (laughs) I, I just really wish they got another young piece. I don't think we are there with like, 
you're banking too much on us getting a top four pick. I, I that's that's my that's my message to the, to the Rockets front office right now is, and we have all these first rounders that we've accumulated over the course of the last year. You could have been aggressive. You could have bought into something that is a sure-ish thing, someone we can develop over the next three or four years with Kevin Porter Jr., with Christian Wood, with KJ Martin, with Deshaun Tate. You had that opportunity. You missed that opportunity. The only thing that I think can make this a positive, and again, it's just gambling, a top four pick, and you get what whatever the hell you're clearing cap space for, you land. Uh, yeah. That's that's the only the only way I say I think that they they had a great off uh, a good trade deadline. Right now, it is very 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 bad in my opinion. I say there's maybe a one or two percent chance that that thing. Or I guess technically there's a fifty two percent chance that things that things pan out well. Uh, let's finish off. Who won the deadline for you guys? Who lost the deadline for you guys? Give me two, two or three teams for each. Uh, winning teams for me first, I'd say Orlando getting what they did. Three first round picks, two second round picks. I think Atlanta won two, getting Lou Williams and two picks for essentially free, just giving away Rondo, who wasn't really doing much for them. Um, I, I think the losers are probably led by our Houston Rockets, unfortunately, um, not not being able to pull anything out of that deal. And then uh, I I don't know. I like the, the the Trent trade a lot less for the Blazers. I think I've, I'm pretty pretty high on Trent as well. And Norm Powell is a guy who seems to fluctuate a lot. And yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be a little nervous to give him his next big contract. I think uh, I like what Chicago did. Um, I like that Atlanta got basically something for nothing. Um, and my losers are definitely Houston. And, you know, I, I, Sacramento didn't move the needle for me enough to be mm-hmm. like, wow, you guys really knocked it out of the park. So I don't mind putting them down as losers either. Um, but still, it's just – I, I, the disappointment that it, that we have for Houston outweighs anything else. Yeah, for sure. My my winners are um, Chicago. I love what they did. Um, Vucevic, uh, Tice as well. T- Troy Brown Jr. I think really buying into the playoffs this year looks good for Zach Levine. I do really like what Orlando did too. Like you said, three first rounders, uh, two second rounders, as well as two four like. Two good prospects and RJ Hampton, Wendell Carter Jr. Miami, especially with them getting LaMarcus Aldridge now. Yeah, true. Um, Miami, getting Victor Oladipo, getting uh, uh, Bielitsa, Trevor Ariza, like we said earlier in the week. I like what they did a lot, and they didn't really give up anybody in their rotation other than Kelly Olinick. They um, traded Avery, er, Avery Bradley and Cal, Kelly Olynyk for Oladipo and Lamarcus Aldridge, and all they did was move back like three spots in the first round or something. Yikes. Yeah, it's it, they, they that was that was a great deal for them. And then um, my my losers, I think New Orleans didn't do anything that they wanted to. Yeah, um, you know they they moved Redick, but for nothing. And they didn't get rid of Ball. They didn't get rid of Bledsoe. They didn't get rid of Adams. They are probably one of my bigger losers. The Rockets, obviously. But those are those are the winners and losers. 
um, that we think for the, for the deals. Those are the rundown of all the deals. The Rockets um, play again very soon. Uh, they lost their last game, won the game before that, uh, lost the last game against the Hornets by a lot. And they play tomorrow against Minnesota in a back-to-back, um, the tank-off. Uh, hopefully, oh. we'll both of them.